This is Positively Farming Media. Podcasting is about so much more than just showing up. I mean, showing up is part of it. No you, no show. But podcasting is also about discovering and recognizing what prevents you from showing up or releasing your podcast episodes consistently and fixing it in a way that recognizes you're more than just a podcast host. Is it available time, unexpected extra things flying at you from all angles, or do you need to create your podcast in a way that fits your real life? Caitlin Dubin of The Rural Woman Podcast and I have teamed up to create Positively Farming Media just for food and farm-focused podcasters so they can easily get the tools they need to set up podcast systems that will let them do just that. You'll connect with other podcasters within our niche, learn how to start and continually improve the quality and consistency of your podcast, reach more listeners, get paid for your time, and so much more. Learn more about the Positively Farming Media Mastermind by going to PositivelyFarmingMedia.com. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Hey everyone, welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. I am still your temporary solo host, Bev Ross, and I'm so happy to have you here with us today. I'm saying us because, yes, the intro and outro is just me, but the meat and potatoes of this episode is Sam and I because we are doing another best of episode, and it is the episode What the Buck. And so the reason why this episode is coming out now is because tis the season to start thinking about whether or not you want to have baby goats in the spring. And when you want an endless supply of baby goats on your farm, the obvious answer seems to be to get a buck so that you can breed on demand. But the decision to add buck goats to your farm or not is something that should be taken pretty seriously because there's a lot to consider when you're thinking about adding another animal to your farm. So we discuss the pros and cons in this episode of owning a buck goat. And in the outro section of this episode, I will share some additional insight into how it's been going for me having bucks now that I am an entire breeding season into having them. So before we get into it, uh, I would like to thank our drink peep this episode, which is our friend Elizabeth Steves, and she is at Steelo2 over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. So today we're going to talk about the pros and cons of owning male goats, a.k.a. bucks. Yes, 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 yes. Because we both now have them. And there are a lot of pros and there are also probably about the same amount of cons. (laughs) And you really have to love goats to have bucks, I think. (laughs) I think so, too. And I think this is going to be a really good conversation, especially for those who maybe have started their goat herd and they're trying to decide what they want to do for a goat breeding program. And also maybe for those who haven't 
taken the leap quite yet and they're making their plans. Because one of the things that we've learned and we've talked about a lot on this podcast is how when you can plan ahead for the bigger things that you know you want to do on your farm, it's just going to make your life easier in the long run. So this is a great conversation to start with if you aren't sure if buck goats are for you. <laughs> yes. So we'll we'll get the cons out of the way so we can end on higher notes. Yeah. And the first one's pretty obvious. They smell real bad, especially this time of year. Well, yeah. and it's not just that they smell. They smell and they feel gross. And (laughs) not only do they smell and they feel gross, but everything that they come in contact with, that stench just permeates. So Mm -hmm. your clothes, your boots, even if they are knee high plastic boots, like I went out there and I was using my feet to stop them from like going around the gate. And so they like rubbed all across those boots. And then I slipped them on later for something. And I was like, what's that smell? I was like, oh my God, it's my boots. (laughs) (laughs) So for anybody that doesn't know why they smell, bucks have a penis, obviously, Mm -hmm. that usually stays inside their body unless they want to use it. But this time of year especially, they extend that out, even if females aren't really in their pen with them or around. And then they do this really cute thing where they, like, cock to the side, no pun intended, and uh, squirt urine in their face. Mm -hmm. Or at another goat, or at you, if you're not careful. I, knock on wood, have not been peed on, but my husband has. Oh, I've been peed on already, and I've only had butt coats for a few months. (laughs) Oh, congratulations. Oh. So that's why they smell. Apparently the ladies like that, or something. They do, and I've seen it. I've seen a lady goat not be interested until he has done that thing, and then they perk up, and they're like, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean it? Here, okay. (laughs) So there is a biological reason for it. They're not doing it just to be gross, but it does require that you plan ahead. So, like when you're going to do chores and you're going to have to deal with the bucks, you want to make sure that you're not wearing the clothes that you're like going to have to go to work in or run a meeting in or like spend the rest of the day in. My plan is actually I'm going to get a pair of overalls that just hang on my coat rack outside next to my coat. And I'm going to start just pulling those on in the morning over my clothes. So I'll order it one size bigger. So that way I can go handle them and take better care of them and not be worrying about getting smell on me so bad. Yeah. 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 I, that's why I like, I don't typically wear like fleece pajama pants and I usually do chores in my pajama pants So that I can come inside and change into the pants that I'm going to wear for the rest of the day, just in case. So that is why I'm a fan of pajama chores, especially this time of year. Because you just don't know. Most of the time they leave me alone because they're preoccupied with their food, which I can dump over the half wall and not deal with them. But like even picking up their door because it just slides right in and comes out, like that smells like goat. So Mm -hmm. if that falls on me or something, then... Yeah, I'm probably going to stink a little. Yeah, that is why I'm glad my sense of smell is returning after COVID because I didn't know if I ever smelled or not. 
And, like, who's going to tell me? Like, maybe Matt, but his was gone, too, for a while. (laughs) And say, only your best friends will tell you. Yeah, you smell like butt goat. (laughs) Exactly. The next con of owning a male goat or a buck is that you need to have a permanent area away from your does for this guy. And he can't be alone either. So, like, you need a permanent area and he needs a friend. Right. (laughs) So, either another buck or a weather. Yes, either will do. I would recommend, from my own personal experience, I would recommend another buck Mm -hmm. because the buck will turn the weather into his bitch. Yes, I was just going to say that. It's a sad life. And it's sad. For that weather friend. Yeah. Yes. Whereas with the buck, like, they're, they're, one of them's going to be the alpha, but the other one at least has the hormones to drive that fight. He's got the, literally, he's got the cojones to back it up. (laughs) Yeah. They're pretty so, inappropriate yeah. with each other also. Yeah. <laughs> like, so just be aware. If but you it's mutual. Yeah, it's mutual. <laughs> Neither of them seems to be bothered by it. It's like yeah. a show out there all the time. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, one of the things that I wasn't really prepared for now that they're both full sized is that they will butt heads to the point that somebody's head could start bleeding. And I think one of my goats, Buck's head is tougher than the other one. So Mm. it's usually poor little waffles that ends up with the bloody head. But it scabs over. It's fine. Just keep an eye on it. One of the other things, too, is just butting heads and a blood vessel broke in Toot's ear. And it, like, filled up with blood. And you can either have it drained or it's just going to shrivel up since we're not showing our goats and it doesn't effect like create a birth defect or anything like that that was just another gross thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah like you said they can't be alone so you have to also prepare for what that means for both the goats in there yeah and not only do they have to have a permanent area away from their ladies there are some things that you want to keep in mind you want to make sure that it's strong enough to keep them from busting (laughs) into their ladies i'm pretty sure twig climbed the gate into the doe's area one day it was like so many things had gone wrong here that week i don't even think i shared it to instagram like i just walked out there and just one of my bucks is just in with all the does and i was like well that's par for the course right now and Mm -hmm. like it didn't even strike me as anything unusual (laughs) (laughs) i just grabbed him and put him back where he belonged and he was fine and he hasn't done it since then so maybe he didn't climb the gate but the gate wasn't open or anything because that's happened because i tend to just kick gates behind me and since they're next to each other if it bounces back especially if i'm doing chores in the dark and i don't see it like then everyone's just mixing and And if you're really trying to plan your pairings and your goats, births, and all of that, it can be really frustrating. So I have no idea if Twig ended up surprised knocking anybody up. But at the time, I had already exposed everyone once. So I was Mm. just like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could have just been in there terrorizing the ladies. Probably. Yeah, they they looked very annoyed. You know that face. Yes, I do. And they can breed through the fence. It has happened. I don't know. So it's important to remember, too, that 
you know, you have to think of your setup for what you're willing to put up with, I think is the word that I'm always looking for. It's whatever you're willing to deal with on your farm. And so my does are actually going to move over to the donkeys and the donkeys are moving over to where the does are. So there will be one pasture in between the bucks and the ladies. And that's just for my peace of mind, because I'm a control freak like that over here. So... The last thing we'll talk about today, I'm sure there's more cons, but we wanted to kind of keep the list short and sweet. The cost of feeding. So for him and maybe his pal or pals, depending on what you want to do. So there's that extra cost you have to consider. So one of the articles I read said it could be roughly between three to $400 per year. And that really depends on the breed and what exactly like your feeding program is. That seems like a lot to me, but I've never sat down and figured out what I spend per goat Mm -hmm. because I'd probably crawl under my desk and start drinking if I did that. (laughs) So just keep that in mind. I mean, your hay bill probably won't change that much for one extra goat, especially if it's a Nigerian dwarf like we have. But if you feed any kind of pelleted feed, that you might see a little increase there. Just keep that in mind because that is super important anytime you add a, an animal. Like, check what those feed prices are, especially right now because everything's up about a dollar or two where I'm, I'm at. Everything's up and I'm having a harder time finding things. My goat yep. feed hasn't been at the feed store the last two times I've been there. <sighs> so I'm starting to think that I'm going to have to switch to something else yeah. in the interim if I run out before I can find more. You could order it. Yeah, I can. And that's going to, that's next on my option. I'm trying to just reduce the number of things I have delivered by mail because it's so much. Like the poor UPS guy is here all the time. Yeah. Well, (laughs) unload the ships then. Right. I know. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I don't know if that's the problem for feed or not. Like I should probably figure out where my feed comes from or even like the bags. It could be the Mm -hmm. bags. Who knows? It could be the bags. Yeah. There's so many things in the supply chain that affect those kinds of things that it's hard to say what exactly the holdup is. But in addition to the cost of feeding your goat, also think about the time that it's going to take to care for another goat. Mm. It's another hoof Mm -hmm. you have to trim hooves on. Another hoof. It's another goat you have to trim hooves on. Another pasture you have to bring feed to because they can't live with the does. Um, Don't do that to your does. (laughs) So it's another place to deliver food. It's another place to maintain. You might have to muck it or move a house or, you know, however you do your your setup and more minerals. You have to keep that mineral dish full, especially for your bucks because they require more nutrition than your weathers will because of what they do. So just, you know, kind of keep that in mind and how it's going to affect your routine. And if that's something that you want to do twice a day, every day for the rest of those goats lives. Mm-hmm. When it comes to treats, there are so many options out there for you to choose from for the health and well-being of your dog. But many popular brands contain low-quality animal protein from various sources and unnatural fillers. Instead of choosing a treat made with mystery meat, nourish your pup with something better, Vroomies. Vroomies are loaded with healthy grub protein from Black Soldier Fly Grubs and no filler ingredients. Pound for pound, whole-dried grubs have more protein than a prime rib steak, and they contain a complete amino acid profile, meaning that they provide all of the amino acids that are an essential part of your dog's diet. In fact, they contain more amino acids than beef, chicken, and pork, which makes Grubly's Dog Snacks Roomies a healthy choice for your special pup. 
Save 25% off your first order of Grubbly Farms Brewmies with code DRINKANDFARM25 at grubblyfarms.com. So now we'll talk about the pros because there are benefits after we just talked a lot of crap about bucks. And one of those is that, and we've kind of talked about this before, is having one around makes it easier to tell when your does are in heat because they'll be super attracted to him and yearn for his affection. So maybe stand by the fence closest to where they are and scream their little heads off if they're extra like expressive. I've had one doe, because my does in Buckshire fence line, just like slide her body across the fence and like part her vagine right there. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how it breathes through the fence, but he can't quite yeah. position himself. If you're on YouTube, you can see me doing weird things right now. <laughs> so I'm not sure what, if that would be successful or not for them. But yes, she has done that before. I've only seen her do it once. And now she just screams and stands there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to tell because that source is close by. Yeah. And they know it. They do. I've got one standing out there right now. And she's leaning her body on the fence. I haven't seen her back up to it quite yet. <laughs> but I saw her this morning and I know she was in heat. So I already knew what my plans were going to be for tonight. <laughs> and I went out there this afternoon just to double check. And she's just hanging out over there by them. And both boys are pacing the fence, screaming their heads off. And she's oh just gosh. standing there. And I'm like, come on. Seriously? Like, it's a good thing I don't have close neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The next pro of owning a male goat. And it was actually the main reason why I made the decision to go ahead and get bucks is that you don't have to take your does or your female goats off of the property to breed them. That was, if anyone listened to last falls or the fall befores Mm -hmm. episodes, that was, it was an ordeal. I have no (laughs) other way to describe it. Like I was obsessed with having to check for signs of heat and then I would have to pack my goats up and drive them 45 minutes away and oh my gosh it was uh, the time I have no idea how I got anything done that was all I did was check goats behinds and drive them to dates that weren't successful (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah and it might have been because it was stressful for everybody because that is a Mm -hmm. lot that's a long drive too yeah, it is. And, you know, and you got to think about how you're transporting your does too. like, yeah. you know, I don't have a livestock trailer. So my does were in crates in either the back of my car or in the back of our truck, which neither of those are really ideal or very comfortable for them. So yeah, you're stressed yeah. out AF. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want it either. Mm-mm. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I don't blame them. <laughs> the other thing to consider too, if you're not going to do what they call driveway breeding, which was what you were doing. Sometimes you can like drop your doe off for like a month or so at somebody's farm or they can drop their buck off. But if you had to drop your doe off to hang out, then you might have to ask your buck's owner to milk the doe out for you. Oh, yeah. 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 So if, you know, obviously you wouldn't have to do that if it's her first time being a mama. But the third, second, third, fourth, all the other times, you would have to do that. And then also the buck smell kind of makes the milk a little smell a little funky, too. And it's mostly mm-hmm. just because he's been all up on her. Oh, yeah. yeah. No privacy. So you wouldn't really want that anyway. 
Um, so yeah, that's another logistical thing that you'd have to work out with the buck owner, maybe even have to pay extra for. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something else that you had added in here that I forgot to mention is when you're taking your does somewhere else, whether it's to breed them like by a driveway breeding, which is where you just show up, they do their thing, and then you take your doe home, <laughs> or you're leaving there there for 30 days, you're exposing your herd to the risk of disease every time you leave your farm with them. And I don't say that to like fear monger or make you afraid right. to like always leave your farm. But it's just something to be aware of so that you can plan accordingly, you know, test your goats often, any farm you go to, ask them to test their goats and and look at the results and make sure that they actually are legit Mm -hmm. and negative, things like that. So having a buck on hand keeps you from having to go through all of that. Yeah. Kind of less work for you in the long run on that end. It's like you're making trades. Yes. (laughs) Like you said, what do you want to put up with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the best pro of them all is that you basically have baby goats on demand, kind of. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's easier to plan if your buck's there all the time and baby goats are just freaking adorable. And seeing newly burst baby goats just never gets old. Or at least it hasn't for me. And I've had, I think it's about two or three years now, almost three years of being present for that. So, yeah, it's pretty neat. And that's that's the goal, right? Yeah. I mean, that is the goal. I've only had one birth here on the farm, but it was amazing. I'll never forget it. And I'm knocking on wood and crossing all my fingers that I'll end up (laughs) with more this year. My bucks are pretty young, so it's possible that they aren't quite fully functional yet, but that's okay. But they're practicing. They are practicing their little hearts out. It is (laughs) the most adorable little thing you've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So what has been your favorite part of having goats? Uh, Butt goats, Sam. Do you have any favorite parts, like, to end this on a really high note? Or are are they just kind of tolerable? Um, You're asking me during rut season, so that is, like, really hard to pick. It's true. But I will say that Loki, a.k.a. Tudors, he lived in the house. I got him when he was, like, a week old, so he lived in the house for a while. So even though he grosses me out right now and kind of pisses me off sometimes, and is super strong, so I can't control him, he's, I mean, he was in the house. (laughs) And he wore a little outfit, so... There's that. And then Waffles was came out of Maya, and she was the first goat kid on our farm. So that they're just very special goats because of kind of the journey with them. So that's what I like about it right now. Mm. Mm, they stink. <laughs> and they're rude. <laughs> what about they you? They are. They are rude. They're very pushy. So my goats are still really young. So I think that our rut issues haven't really hit us yet. Like, oh, wait till next year. They stink. Yeah, they stink. (laughs) But mine are also still really tiny. So I can control them really easily still. So I'm not having to deal with any of those things. But I think my favorite part is just their faces. They're so handsome. Like Mm -hmm. they're they've got this adorable little like side part with the they look so dapper and their little (laughs) beards coming in and then their little I call them their dirt face when they do that it's the 
the smelling. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. I think it's the Fleischmann response. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a, or the Fleeman response. I always get it wrong, but that's what that is. They're using their mouth olfactory organs to smell things easier. And that's what that lip. I didn't know it had a name. Yeah, it does. It has a name. I just called it a dirt face. Yeah. That's also sounds easier to pronounce. <laughs> it is. It's way easier to pronounce. I'm pretty sure it's the Fleeman response. Next episode, we'll follow up on that and correct myself if I'm wrong. And when they do their little blubber, like... It's the best. It's like a really low, grumbly gobble, essentially. Yeah. So to wrap this up, I think whether you get bucks or not, is it's a really personal choice that feeds into what your farm goals are and what you are personally able to take on and manage at yes. this time. Yes. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this best of episode, What the Buck? And I'm really excited to share some additional information with you now about how my buck keeping has been going. And I can tell you this right now that uh, having baby goats has definitely been easier. It hasn't been instant by any means. Um, I do keep them separate. So I try not to have, you know, too many surprises. And so far, knock on wood, I have not had any surprise goats. Though I have had trouble with uh, making sure that I wrote down breeding dates so that I know when baby goats are going to be due. So you might remember that more recently when Eclipse was having her two kids. I honestly just had no idea when they were going to be born because I forgot to write it down. So that ended up being um, a little bit of a hiccup. But I do have a couple tips that I'll share with you on how you can make sure that you don't forget when you have bred your goats. And the first one is I always take a picture when I'm getting ready to do a pairing. And no, I don't get weird and like take a picture of the actual, you know, like doing the deed. But I take a picture because it uploads into my Google Photos and it has a date on it, which makes it really easy to count forward for when a goat is going to be due if I figure out later that a goat is bred because either I've done a blood draw or she hasn't come back into heat. So I can use that picture as evidence that I did indeed put them together on that date, and that will be super helpful. Another thing that I do is I like to share it on Instagram in my stories when I'm getting ready to put a pairing together. I can go back to my stories on Instagram and take a peek and see what I've shared there in my history. And I can use the notes from that to be able to tell who I've paired when. And sometimes in Instagram stories, you can put a little more detail about the actual pairing which is kind of some nice information to be able to go back to without having to write it down and remember to write it down. The other thing that I do is sometimes I remember to mark it in my Google Calendar. That would, of course, be in an ideal world, and we all know that I don't live in an ideal world, so chances are I'm going to forget to do that. But having the picture evidence and the uh, Instagram story evidence is super, super helpful. So I hope that that helps you with that if you do have buck goats and you find that you're struggling with uh, knowing when goats are actually due. So the other thing about having goats, uh, butt goats, that has been um, kind of interesting is that not every 
dough has actually been able to be bred. Even though I know that my bucks work, they've been fully tested and everything is good to go, which means that I have a dough that I don't believe can be bred and I'm not really sure why exactly. I'm not going to dig into it. She is about five years old now at this point or almost five. So I do think that maybe it just took too long to try to get her bred and she is not going to be successful. So I'm in the process of trying to rehome her with her brother coop as pets because I just don't have a ton of space here for pets because my breeding program is really up and running, which brings me to the next thing that I wanted to tell you about, which is that uh, deciding what to do with all the babies is getting harder and harder. Obviously, I want to keep the does because I want to grow them out and see how my breeding program is working. So I've been keeping a lot of them. I am going to stop keeping all of them. Well, actually, yeah, I haven't been keeping a lot of them. I've been keeping all of them, but I'm going to stop keeping all of them this coming breeding season so that I can share in the joy of the baby doe goats. And I feel pretty good about the goats that I've been able to produce on my farm now. So that feels good. But I'm also looking at just like raising milk does for the homestead. So if I have some does that get bred and I'm not really sure who the father is and I don't want to mess around with DNA testing, by adding that as an option on my goat offerings, it'll help to allow me to offer excellent milking genetic goats, but without the price tag of show goats because I won't register them if I don't know who the father is. So that's something that I'm kind of playing around with in my mind. Also, I have a couple of unregistered does now that I am breeding. uh, And so far, they've been really fabulous milkers also. So that's something else that I'm looking at. And I'm also considering thinking about trying to find a local butcher that I can partner with so that I can start making cured goat meats for goat charcuterie. And the reason I'm really interested in this is um, my friend Silent Rolling Acres. Uh, I'll link to her in the show notes. She has a goat charcuterie kit that she mails out. I'm on that list and I get it every quarter and it's absolutely amazing. But in case you didn't know, I also own a shop locally here in our town. And we're working on what we're going to put in that shop. It's definitely going to be food related. And I realized that having a local source of goat charcuterie might be something really cool for that space. So I'm playing around with that idea. Uh, I'm also in the process of trying to sell any other weathers or pet quality goats that I have. So you're in the Ohio area and looking for a pet goat, definitely hit me up. And if you're looking for a not pet goat, hit me up also because I can put you on my list for either homestead milking goats or show goats if that's what you're looking for as well. (laughs) And the last thing that I just want to tell you about my experience with bucks is that One of the things that I realized that has happened is having so many goats on the farm, I finally run into that one goat that doesn't want to stay in the fence. So our fencing has always been really great and we've never had any problems with it until this one goat. We call him Ricky. He's our free range goat, which is obviously not ideal, especially because he's a buck and I hate it. And I am not happy with myself that I haven't been able to figure out how to keep him in yet. 
But now that he's getting older and he's definitely like doing his Bucky thing, uh, it's getting more serious and we need to figure out how to keep him in the fence. So if you ever are near our farm, there might be a free range buck goat. Thankfully, he's super friendly and he's, you know, great. There's not a lot of female goats in that go into heat around us, thankfully. So he hasn't tried to run off or anything, but it's definitely a problem that I have to get solved. And obviously solving those problems kind of takes me off my other goals and uses up time which can be kind of difficult. So just wanted to share that extra insight into what it's been like uh, owning butt goats now that I am into it for uh, more than a season. I really enjoyed it. I'm happy with my decision to own butt goats, but that said, totally makes sense if you are not ready for it and driveway breeding is the way that you want to go. I'm always here to talk about that if you would like to. So for full show notes to this episode, be sure to go to drinkandfarm.com slash 218. There will be links to other great baby goat and buck episodes there for you to check out. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join our community over on Facebook. We screen folks at the door and our questions are easy. It's just a handful of questions. And we do monitor everything that happens in there because we want it to be a safe place for you to ask your farming questions. So don't hesitate to come and ask things that you think might feel beginner-ish or like you should know, because here's the truth. We don't know what we don't know. And we want our group to be a good place to ask those questions without getting a bunch of like snarky feedback and stuff. And so far, I feel like we've done a really great job of creating that community and creating that space for that. So I wanted to invite you to come join us if you haven't yet. I've got a few Patreon shout outs before we go. And that is Angela Hollis, Tonya Harold. Kimberly Taylor, and DC Teitzel. Thanks so much for being a Patreon peep. And thanks to all of our Patreon peeps for making this show possible. All right. Until next time, drink, farm, and give zero bucks. Bye now. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.